Hello and welcome to the Building an Indie Business Podcast with Supreme Rumham. I'm your host, Alex. Today, we will be discussing the book Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. This is a book on negotiation. Um, I'm going to discuss the basic ideas of the book and uh, my feeling about the book after I read the book. Uh, but first, I wanted to uh, go over some general podcast things. I want to create my own greeting, uh, similar to how Bill Burr has his I'm just checking in on ya, and Joey Diaz has greetings from Podcastville. I think it would be cool to have my own greeting like that. So if you guys have any ideas, please tweet me or email me. I'll put the um, link to my Twitter and my email address for the podcast in the show notes. I also wanted to discuss the Patreon page, which is a Patreon page I set up to pay for the editing of the podcast because I didn't go to school for podcast editing. So, um, and my focus is um, building the podcast directory so um if you guys don't like the fact that the podcast is unedited then you can uh support the patreon page and i will use that money to edit the podcast and um change hosts because i really don't like being on anchor all right now to get into the book the first concept that chris goes over is mirroring, which is a very simple concept of just um, repeating the last three words someone says to uh, get them to feel like you're in sync with them. The next um, concept is labeling. So you label someone's emotions to reduce fear and to get them um, on your side. Or like to let them know that you understand how they feel. You could also catch someone's attention by mislabeling their feelings and they will correct how that uh, what what you said. Um, so to label someone's emotions, you want to say you want to start your sentence off with it feels like or it seems like. So, for an example, if you're negotiating salary with um, with a, a potential employer, you'd say something like, it feels like um, it's important for you to follow your guidelines, and that's labeling their emotions, and if they're wrong, if you're wrong, they'll correct you. The next thing to do is to allow your counterpart to say no. Uh, You do this so that they don't feel the pressure of having to say yes. So you get them to say no immediately and they get more comfortable. You can do this by mislabeling. You could could say, um, so you don't want me to work for your company. And if they want to, they want you as an employee, 
they'll say, no, I, I want you as my employee. And then you begin the negotiations. Uh, another concept he brought up was the that's right principle. This is getting your employee to understand, or no, getting your counterpart to uh, let them know that you see their point of view and this will open them up to hearing what you have to say. So it, the example he uses is one of his clients for his business was a um, salesperson for medicine and so she would go door to door not door to door but like to different um, doctor's offices and every time she went to this one doctor she would uh, he would immediately close down so um, on this one trip she labeled his emotions and he opened up and explained more why he wouldn't go with her medicine and from the ones that he was already using and she was able to use that information to then sell him um, her medicine. Calibrated questions. How am I supposed to do that? So this, you do this to get your counterpart bidding against themselves and thinking in terms of you. So in the book, he talks about how one of his clients was um, getting a um, rent hike. And so he used calibrated questions with the landlord saying, how am I supposed to do that? Meaning, how am I supposed to pay more when I can go somewhere else and pay the same amount and it costs you uh, more money? You're losing money on that by me leaving. So he was able to even lower his rent by asking, how am I supposed to do that? A calibrated question. Uh, next is bend their reality by anchoring their emotions, letting them go first, and establishing a range. So anchoring emotions is preparing uh, someone for how they will feel. You say, you will feel like. So in the book, he gives the example about how he messed up one of his uh, deals with contractors, and he said, you will feel like I'm a terrible manager. You will feel like I'm incompetent. And so he was preparing them for bad news. And so when he prepared them for bad news, the news that they gave him, they didn't react as badly. But he, so he was offering them less money. And he had to say, yeah. I'm giving you less money, but you can take this money and then you don't have to spend extra time looking for another job, but you're making less money. Letting them go first. So he, he talks about uh, not allowing them to let you go first. 
And this is one of my problems with the book, which I will go into detail when I'm talking about my feelings for the book. He uh, doesn't really say how to go second. Um, so, yeah, he just says, uh, don't go first. And establishing a range. Um, this was one of the most interesting things that I found in the book, which was you, if you're ne negotiating a salary, you give someone a range. So if you want to make $100,000 a year, you say, uh, let's say I'm applying to Dell and I want to make $110,000 a year. I say uh, similar jobs at IBM offer between 110 and 130. I give them a range and they will hear the two numbers. They'll hear the 130 and think, wow, that's really high. And then uh, you, they'll hear the 110 and then they'll think they're getting a discount. So by giving them two options, they'll take the lower option which is the one you want. Uh, finally, black swans. Um, these are your unknown unknowns. So they're things that you won't even think about. This is like, um, in the book, he talks about how in a negotiation, no one ever surrenders um no in the book he talks about how uh no one ever actually hurts the uh the hostages and um there was this one instance before he was even in the fbi where someone did hurt a hostage and so they didn't even think that that was a possibility so that was their unknown unknown it was their black swan and um, it is important to find your black swans in a negotiation. And the way you find them is by getting FaceTime with your counterpart and observing moments when they're unguarded. So in a negotiation, this would be um, when they're interrupted or in transition. So if you're having dinner with your counterpart, right before the dinner or after the dinner is uh, a good time to try to uncover your black swans. Okay, my feelings for the book. Um, I feel like the book was an ad for his company because he kept bringing up how, oh, these were people that, his examples were people that he either had a class with so they paid him to teach them how to negotiate or his clients. So he would skip over things in the book like how do you make someone go first? Or he would talk about um, calibrated questions and he'd say they used a bunch of calibrated questions. But like I wanted to know what were the calibrated questions and what was the response to that? He didn't go over that. That's why I felt there was the the book was an ad for the company. 
So I'm going to be reading another negotiation book in the future to get uh, just another perspective or more ideas about negotiation because I feel like the book wasn't incomplete. Um, on to uh, the podcast directory um, side of this podcast. I am entering the podcast in uh, Products Hunt uh, No Code Maker Festival. So uh, I think this episode will be. No. The episode after this will be released the day voting starts for the festival. Um, so I will give you guys an update on it when I'm recording the next one. Um, for a, an actual product update, I have started working on a login page for users. So right now, I have finished organizing the page. The next thing I need to do is the styling of the page and then the functionality. Uh, I should be doing that within the next couple of days. Okay. Thank you for listening. You can always tweet and email me questions. Have a nice day. Bye.